it's the next level. Hey, my name is Ross Marquand and I play Red Skull. You are listening to Panels to Pixels podcast. Check it out. My beauty. My eye. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. No, you just had a bad dream. Perfectly normal during this procedure. My genitals. We saved what we could, which turned out to be nothing. Yes, no doubt it is a fine spigot, but it's cold comfort to him. Panels to Pixels, Preacher Season 4, Episode 8, Fear of the Lord. back to the show i'm mark and i'm steve so hair star has a <laughs> spigot Ooh, yeah this was rough man there was some rough stuff i guess if you if you really want to show full frontal that's the way to do it i guess yeah, and you don't you have know? to block it out and you have to blur it out or <laughs> give the guy a spigot give him a kindle and a spigot that was just oh Oh, that was rough. Uh, so yeah, so this uh, this this episode, I I, I want to start out by making sure everybody understands. I loved it. I this was everything that we enjoy about Preacher and then some was in this episode, and and yeah. this uh, was just there were over the top things. There was gruesome things. There was stuff that made me cringe. There was stuff that I couldn't watch on the third on the third go around. And uh, uh, but let me let me do a quick synopsis to so get everybody caught up to what was going on in Fear of the Lord. Uh, we start out the episode with Hair Star awakening to find that he's been rescued and saved by cannibals. He has this nightmare flashback that I'm sure we're going to talk about in our top fives. We get to see Featherstone, and she seems to be back with the Grail, kind of full-fledged member of the Grail again. She's leading the attack force to go save the Allfather. Uh, but I just don't know uh, what's really going on with her. I, I, I really hope, part of me really hopes that there's something deeper going on with her, that she's just not back with the Grail again. We uh, catch up again with uh, Fior as he switches up kind of his tactics and starts really torturing Jesse to convince him to change his mind and to take on that become the become God. Uh, Tulip, Cassidy, and Humperdew are playing house for three months while waiting for God. Hitler is still trying to convince Jesus to take up that Messiah mantle, and Jesus just isn't having any of it. The Allfather resorts to some drastic measures to change his situation, and then eventually God brings Jesse back to life. Featherstone and the Allfather capture Humperdew. Jesse and God finally meet, and the apocalypse gets an air date. We return apocalypse an, an air, air date. date. That was so good when the, the when he's like addressing them and they're like he's like the apocalypse finally and you can hear from the background somebody goes, It's got an air date and he's like, Sure, I'll take that. <laughs> you know. Um and uh, so we we finally have caught up to where we started the season at with uh, Cassidy and Tulip in the hotel room, Jesse 
back alive. It's kind of, I'm a little, this is the only part that I'm going to, that I have to be critical of the way they told this story because they showed us the scene of Tulip and Cassidy in the very first episode. They showed us the Jesse's body in the desert. And now we find out that those two events are really three months apart. Mm Mm-hmm. That the the de- that Jesse in the desert was actually much earlier. It wasn't the same time as that hotel room conversation. So uh, I'm a little that bugged me, but it didn't take me out of the episode enough to to take it back. I, I think they did well to to bring it all back together, and I'm really looking forward to what these last two episodes are going to bring us and how they're going to actually uh, wrap all this up. I think they've set up they've set all of our major players up. And uh, we're ready to see what happens from there. I'm hoping there'll be a little bit longer than an hour or whatever it is that they're going to broadcast at. Yeah, I'd like to see if they can do that. You know, The Walking Dead does that with a lot of episodes. So you'd think that uh, that FX should be able to do that or AMC should be able to do that with these preacher shows as well. I think they did it first. So we should, I'm hoping with you that we're going to see a little bit of extended episodes yeah especially since they did that with breaking bad too towards Mm -hmm. the end so now that they're coming to this pivotal end maybe we'll get a couple of extra long episodes to round out what's going on not yeah not you know not that i want more it's just that i think they could cover a lot more within the last two episodes being longer yeah well there's a lot of story they still have to tie up and just there's things that they, they they need to yeah there's just too many things to tie up that I I can't see them doing it in just two forty five minute forty two minute episodes exactly and we'll probably get to that within our top five all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God sure why don't you start. Sure. Uh, my number five would be seeing Hair Star and his leg being eaten not only by the cannibals, but he himself. He was you. being fed his own leg, just like uh, something out of The Walking Dead in some respect. Plus, get that man a pair of pants that was there. The one brother, uh, uh, he, all he was wearing was like a, an apron, and I, I clearly saw his buttocks. <laughs> Plus seeing, yeah, we, you know, yeah. Plus, I have to add, yeah. Plus seeing a little bit like Hair Star's pride for when he was a kid. Everything to him was about appearance and appreciation. We we get that whole thing in the very beginning scene, and at least the cannibals appreciated the leg a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I, I'll get into Hair Star because I, I I had Hair Star was one of my numbers as well. Just everything really that went on yeah. with him. It was funny, even the second time when the second time watching this, when the episode first started, I thought we were seeing some sort of flashback to like, you know, early man, you know, in the cave and stuff. And then I suddenly realized, wait, no, no, this isn't this isn't thousands of years ago. This is now. These guys are this is not Cro-Magnon man. These are regular humans that just look weird. And so we, we get this whole thing. But it was everything with Hair Star in this episode is just is just crazy from the the spigot for his penis to <laughs> he loses his leg you know he gets then and then god restores everything for him and in the end yeah in the end 
but I, I have to ask, and I, I didn't pose this as a question in my notes, but I kind of started thinking more and more about it, is do you, do you think that his nightmare was a true memory, that that's actually how he lost his eye, that some kids got him in a bathroom and knifed him in the eye? No, I don't think so. So you think that's a false memory? I or think maybe it's a false made... memory or something elaborated from his mind. Because okay. uh, a lot of that came out when he was coming to, from what I remember, right? Yeah, it just, it was, the, what what got me to make me think it was more and more of, well, even if they were older when they did it, it just, it seems like a very cruel thing for kids to do yeah. to each other. That's, that's, that's yeah, like even too in, intense. Yeah, even in the 70s, and they didn't just cut his eye out, they cut a star scar you know into his face because that's what they kept that's the ca- the closed caption even said that a star for star yes. was what they kept saying yeah. and that's why he's got all those scars around where the eye was taken out so yeah i'm i'm with you i'm a little i'm a little leery of actually believing this is what happened or if he kind of made up this in his mind yeah but he did have the sash so Maybe, maybe some of it is true and some of it's false. You know, yeah, we don't yeah, know could be. until we see the very end. And if they do flashback, well, I guess if they don't flashback until the very last episode, I guess that's yeah, the and, truth. And it, and they may not, yeah, you know, we'll see. They may not come back to it at all. It, I think that's going to be a story point that they're really. There's no need to come back to it. It's just going to it'll leave us all kind of wondering or hanging. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But there's no real. Uh, big reason to uh, uh, to come back to it. So uh, my number five is just real quick. I, I loved seeing Eugene there at the very end. Uh, we haven't seen him for a few episodes mm-hmm. since since he was uh, arrested there in Australia. And so apparently he's still in jail, uh, obviously, because, you know, he uh, it, it's interesting. I don't know how the justice system works in Australia. It does seem a little bit strange that you can just walk into a police station, tell them that you killed somebody even though there's no body and there's no evidence, but you say you killed somebody and that's enough for them to go ahead and put you in prison <laughs> in like jail, like full on yeah. pedophiles around you, knifings happening jail. Well, they you probably know? thought, okay, this guy's a crazy person. We have to investigate this further. So that we're just going <laughs> to arrest him at this point based upon what he stated and then we'll have to investigate it who knows yeah it just seemed it just seemed really really weird <laughs> which actually leads me to my number 4 which would be seeing Eugene that was really nice at least we got to see him again show up in this episode for just a few moments and i'm hoping that he shows up at the end of the show at, you know in the very least like some sort of like conclusion to his story yeah it's going to be interesting to see how they pull him back in to the to the story because he is kind of separated from our group and there's really no uh, you know unless unless I could see them do a quick couple of scenes where Tulip and Cassidy tell Jesse hey Eugene's in jail for your murder maybe we should go to the police station show them that you're alive and get him out of prison yeah maybe I don't know um It'll be interesting to see if they if they do that or not. So uh, since my my number four was Hair Star, um, I'm gonna go down to one of my notes here 
which is uh, just a real quick Jesus break dancing to It's It's Tricky uh, by Run DMC. <laughs> I, I thought was great. It, it took me back to uh, to my memories of the 80s and, and you know, break dancing and, yeah. and uh, that song. <laughs> so I just, uh, I really love that quick little scene we get. And it's it's obvious that, you know, he can't tap dance, but they're kind of trying to, to keep the same kind of formula because that was the whole thing with Humperdew is he's supposed to do that tap dancing dance. And that's the signal for all the people across the world who are going to, you know, uh, shoot off the nuclear missiles or whatever it is, each person, whatever their part is to play in the apocalypse. That's supposed to be the signal yeah. for everybody that this, that this image of Jesus dance tap dancing is going to be broadcast across the world. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I don't think they're gonna get get the calling if somebody starts break dancing to, uh, you know, Run DMC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that would bring me to my number three. Yes. And that would be seeing how Cassidy and Tulip came to be. That was a nice flashback to what had happened to them. You know, it was nice to see what transpired, how they came to be, and. I think you have a little bit more into this as well. Yeah, this was my number three as well, was just the, this idea of we, we now figure out, because that was the question that you and I both had, that obviously when we see this flashback to them in the hotel room, they look like they are much closer than we've seen them throughout the series. And so we we don't know, we, we really had no context for it. And so it was nice to get caught up to realize that, okay, they spent three months basically as a family Mm -hmm. in that cabin, them and Humperdue. And so they had that chance to bond, that chance to be almost like husband and wife. And so that's why we see this tender moment with them in the bed before Jesse shows up at the door. And it's going to be interesting again going forward to see how this affects Jesse and her relationship because she did know that you know she read that letter and i believe we got enough of that letter that that he forgave her or at least wanted to be back with her so uh, i think it's going to be interesting to see in the next episode how that relationship um, is affected how him coming back so they've been living together for these three months now and so we we get that uh, that understanding of that's why we have this tender moment this why why and so i'm i'm interested to see how that's going to affect her relationship with Jesse going forward. Yeah, same here. It's an odd relationship, though, because now mm-hmm. that Jesse's back in the mix, how is this going to happen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they thought he was dead. They were living like he was dead because he was dead. Yeah, and God brought so, him back at the very end. We see yeah, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It's almost like those, those old stories. That it's kind of a trope of romance of, you know, the soldier who his wife thinks he's dead. And, yeah. yeah, and and the, you suddenly find out that no he's alive and she's been taken up with this in love with this other person for however long and now she's got to deal with the fact that well wait a minute now the man that I originally loved is here how do we deal with so yeah it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, there was a Richard Gere movie like that too at one point. Yeah. I forget the name of it but yeah, yeah. It, it, they come back and obviously in that movie it wasn't really him. <laughs> Yeah, was that the Civil War one, Cold Mountain, or something like that? Uh, the... It wasn't Cold Mountain. I remember it okay. was uh, it was a guy's name. It was his last name. That was the name of the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forget the okay. name of it. Yeah. But, uh, that would bring me to my number two, which yes. would be Tulip and Cassidy about their thoughts and how they treat Humperdew 
within the episode. Just like you were saying, they were like more like a family, but they were training him for a hu- to, to be like a human bomb. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like going to the moon. Oh, go to the moon. Go to the moon. Uh, but they can't go through with it at the end. Both of them. And yeah, this was my go ahead. Go no, no, that basically they, they, they showed a lot of compassion because as you said, they became more of like almost like a family knit group. They yeah. they were there, they were handling Humperdue. The way that Cassidy was treating Humperdue is like almost like dealing with a child. Yeah. And then even with Tulip the way her her communicating and talking to Cassidy was like almost talking to like a spouse and and having that relationship and yeah. it was it was nice to see but i i knew deep down that both of them wouldn't be able to push that button even though they did change the batteries regularly <laughs> yeah yeah this was my number two as well it's just that that whole reluctance by tulip and cassidy to to kill humperdue like she she started out these you know three months ago very much wanting to just kill him and but she couldn't even do it three months ago. She wanted to, to you know, be, have God right there in front of them yeah. to do it. And when he never showed up, they were like, so that was what that whole thing in the like you were talking about the going to the moon was. I love and I didn't catch it until the third watch. But Cassidy does kind of run through the whole scenario. He goes, okay, God shows up and then we tell Humperdue to go to the moon. Go to the moon, Humperdue. And then he runs out and she's counting mm-hmm. and he gets into the, the refrigerator or whatever that thing is and she holds it up and she goes click and she's like okay so we've rehearsed it like we're going to do it and then when it actually happens to where she wants to blow him up where she puts the axe into Cassidy's chest and she stands at the window and she sees him there she's got the detonator she and she hesitates and she hesitates just long enough for them I assume I guess they pulled it up out of range of her transmitter because she does push the button eventually. Yeah. But he's, he's already too far away, I guess, or whatever, which that seemed, that seemed a little hand wavy, but uh, I can, I can forget it because they were all, I don't think she, I'm with you. I don't think she really wanted to do it. Yeah. It was like one of those, uh, I can't. And then as she did it and then it was too Mm -hmm. late by that time. Yeah. 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 So that was your number two as well. So yes, my, so you're number one. My number one, I, I think we're both on the same page with this, mm-hmm. uh, seeing Jesse's eye being eaten out by God himself. Oh. That was extremely brutal. Uh, all because Jesse didn't want to comply. He he comes back, he digs himself out of the ground, just like something out of like a zombie movie, and he's pulling himself, coughing, coughing, dust. And then God shows up in an RV. <laughs> and we'll get into that later, but... He shows up and he goes, I've been absolved. I've proven myself. I've done this. You, And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, God pulls the rug out from under him and says, no, no, because you were tempted, because you even thought about it. Yeah. I'm going to. And, and Jesse realizes that, wait a minute, this was a test that I was never going to be able to pass. And so he gets very defiant with God. And that was that moment. I remember the first time I was watching this. That moment when God is talking to him and he's have this very defiant, he's like kids with cancer and blah, blah, and all this stuff. And then God looks at him and God says something like, what did your, your dad didn't teach you to look at me with that defiant eye. Yeah. 
And that's and as soon as I heard him say that, I was like, oh. Yeah, I knew that was going to go down bad. And then he chomps down and he spits it out. That's the, like, I didn't notice on the second watch that he spits it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. like so he didn't just, he didn't just bite him in the eye. He bit his eye out, out and then spit it. And I was just like, ew, this is just. And you saw it go into the dirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just. Oh, poor Jesse. And then, and then, of course, you know, God snaps him away to, I, I guess God snapped him to where he was close enough to the hotel to walk to it. But yeah. it's just one of those things that uh, you go, man, Ugh. that's just gruesome. And this whole idea of God saying, well, I guess the apocalypse is going to happen and make sure you bring your friends. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I already have a second plan for a new species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he, it, it was just his choice of like, all right, I'm gonna let it play through. I'm gonna play my game, and mm-hmm. then when the, when this all ends, but I'm curious within the next two episodes, how do they thwart God in some way? Yeah, I'm I'm curious if that's if we're gonna see that if they're gonna thwart God or how they're gonna how they're gonna do it and and uh, so I'm I'm intrigued and I I really I really want I can't wait I like I'm chomping at the bit I know tomorrow night I'll be able to watch it yeah. so I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm like because I want to see what does the next episode hold because it's just it's so exciting and and it's just great that they finally paid off they've been teasing us with it in the credit sequence for this entire season yeah. we've seen Jesse with that eye patch and we don't know what happened to make him need it and wear it and whatever. So it was it was really, really cool to it was a good payoff. Oh definitely for it. Very preacher style payoff. So we had a few quotes. Uh do you want to start us off? Sure. I I just absolutely loved when they when they see Humperdew in the in the field with the deer and Cassidy is just flabbergasted. He's like, dude, that was biblical. You know? <laughs> it just I really loved that uh, that one and, and then of course uh, Hair Star when they're when they're dancing and he says save your ghetto your ghetto gyrating for someone whose dick does not require constant descaling. I was just like, "Oh my goodness." So yeah, I, I uh, those were uh, those are the two that really jumped out at me. What about you? Uh, I only had one which was Hitler and Jesus together and Hitler goes, "There comes a time in life to simply do the right thing." And Jesus is like, "Yeah, right. I'm thinking we're doing the wrong thing." <laughs> And Hitler's like, nine, nine, we cannot, <laughs> we will not. And then and then Jesus, like, right away goes, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's an interesting scene as well, because even the Allfather, though, walks in, and, and it's almost like Jesus has decided, okay, he's going to go ahead and do it, but then the Allfather walks in, and they tell him, and the Allfather's like, no, you can't do it. Your father has already decided, God has already decided that it's not you, that it's Humperdew, and we're going to honor that. And so it's it's uh, uh, it's interesting. Again, that's another one of those things that I'm going to see. Where does Jesus then fall into these last two episodes now that they have Humperdew back? It's uh, Are they going to try to swap him out? Are they going to – I don't know. So I'm, I'm interested to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we had a few notes each. Uh, you want to start us off? Sure. Uh, I, I know it, it just bugged me. It didn't take me out of the episode entirely, but it, it bugged me the first time I saw it. It, it bugged me the, the other two watches as well. Is the, the scene when Jesse and the Saint are around the fire, the makeup on their faces and on Jesse's lips was really red, just, just super red 
almost looked like he had lipstick on or to lip me. Gloss or something. Yeah, that or something. Yeah, I know. And it, it 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 really just bothered me. And then the same the Sainted Killers wasn't quite as bad the third time I watched it, but it it looked like his face, his entire face was red. And it's, I don't know if maybe that was just the result of of the the lens with the fire there. Yeah. Or or what? But it just it was it just bothered me that that whole thing. Uh, the only thing I had other than the next one that I'm going to bring up a little later would be Hair Star. All that has happened to him. He mm. was a, he has a spigot for a penis now. <laughs> Eventually, you know, now that the cannibals bit off his leg, he's got an Iron Man leg. Plus, <clears throat> with the, his attempted suicide, he lost his nipples and his oh. gooey ear at the same time. The guy couldn't really catch a break. But apparently God showed some sort of mercy and gave him his looks back in some way to present. I couldn't himself. watch that. I couldn't watch that episode. I couldn't watch that part of the episode. That scene? I literally, I literally, yeah, the, the scene when his nipples rip out. I had to close my eyes. I was just like, I'm not going to, I had to wait. I had to hear, to listen well enough to when it was, when it was past that point. Cause like, I don't want to see this. Cause you actually see the flesh rip hanging from the, yeah. oh, and it just, Oh, made me really just made me grimace. Yeah. Um, the only other one I had before we get to to your last one was that uh, discussion again. Going back to that fireside chat, that he's talking. I believe he's talking about Pickett's charge yeah. from uh, the Battle of Gettysburg, and that he was the general. I don't remember. So Pickett was the colonel, if I remember correctly. I wrote a paper about this in high school. Actually, uh, Pickett was the colonel who actually led the charge, but it, but he's saying he was the general who commanded the charge. So that's that's really interesting. I can't remember what that general's name was. It was like, it started with an L, I think. But uh, it's it's interesting that, that it's gone down in history as Pickett's charge, when actually it wasn't, it wasn't Colonel Pickett. He was just the one who happened to be leading the troops. Yeah. And it was the general's decision, though, if I remember my, my history correctly. I, I think you're right. I never read it, but I, from what you're saying and from what I've heard, yes. Yeah. So what was your last note there? My, my last note would be uh, God coming out from the RV in the desert to Jesse. Uh, is that a Breaking Bad reference right there? <laughs> a bearded guy going to someone named Jesse. Maybe I'm thinking a little bit too much into this because it's AMC. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I I haven't watched Breaking Bad. I I I, I love Better Call Saul, so I probably should watch Breaking Bad. But uh, um, well, oh, I didn't realize I had more notes down here. Yeah, you scrolling do. Down now. Yeah, so I can go through. Yeah, I don't know. That that might be. Is that is that RV similar? Yeah. Colored yeah. to the one that he had in Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly. That's where they made okay. the uh, blue uh, mm-hmm. crystal meth. It could be. I, I could. I could see it. They, they. They're. They're big with trying to make all these worlds kind of interconnected. So yeah. it might be. Might. Might be possible. Um. Yeah. I had a couple. I'll go through them pretty quickly here because I don't want to. I want to elaborate uh, on them too because you took, you know, the words out of my mouth. At some okay. <laughs> um. Just. Just all the different ways that Jesse was was tortured there in hell. The. The. The ants going up his rear. The. The. That fork thing. They had a. There was a fire torture. There was a, a whole nother paint. Like there was so many different levels, and Fior tells him that. And I loved. I didn't write the quote down, but I loved the fact that Jesse realizes he goes, "Man, being on speedballs has made you a dick," or something like that <laughs> to Fior. Uh, you know about all the different things they're torturing with. with. And even Fior says it. He says, "Look, I'm torturing you to to get you to convince you to put you on this throne to take this throne." And then at the end, they try to force him to sit on the throne. 
And that's when God raises him from the dead. So hmm. I guess, and I'm assuming that snatched him out of their clutches and back to his body. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I thought too, mm-hmm. right away. And then at the house when they when they attack the sonic nauseator that was just I, I look <laughs> I did look this up. I guess this is a real thing that they can actually use to yeah. make people's balance be off. Oh and, yeah, and make them throw up. But just it was just gross the way Cassidy when he slipped in her vomit and he's just rolling around in it on the floor. There was just oh, it just. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what that word is for not liking, uh, for your uh, phobia against vomiting, but. Oh, uh, honestly, it's like, the funniest part is the one thing I I thought right away when I saw Humperdue do it, and then right after that, Cassidy does it, and then later on, you do see Tulip do it, but the way it came out just reminded me of a Monty Python movie, Mm -hmm. and the meaning of life, and there's Mm -hmm. a part where. The guy just overstuffs himself constantly and winds up vomiting all over the place. And then the whole restaurant is full of vomit. And he winds yeah. up dying in the end. And is, is, But the way they, they portrayed the vomit coming out, I, I know it's kind of disgusting to talk <laughs> about. But the way it came out was exactly like the way they did it in the, me- okay. the movie The Meaning of Life. It, it was yeah, pretty- it's been pretty funny it's been a while since i saw that that movie so it's uh, but yeah it, that whole scene and like i said then uh, and i love the fact because like when i first saw it i thought it was a reaction to the food nah <laughs> and and then and but then cassidy does it and i was like okay and then you see two of them got the window and i actually had to pause it the first time and, and back you see it the up dish and, yeah yeah, and it says Sonic Nauseator on it, and uh, and you know Tulip held out pretty well because oh, yeah. I guess because she didn't actually eat, uh, she didn't take a bite of the burger, so yeah. she didn't have anything fresh in her stomach, I guess. But she uh, she held out as long as she could, but then she herself just yeah let loose. <laughs> and like I said, and then Cassidy slips in it and he falls to the ground. It just uh, well, there, there's a thing actually is something I I we discussed about in trade school when I went to school for audio engineering. And if you do up the decibels to a certain point, very, very loud, and it's the lowest frequency that isn't audible, but it actually Mm. could reduce somebody to gelatin, make their body convulse, lose all your control of your bodily functions, and, and then it actually could literally cause you to die. At some points, but uh, mm. yeah, it, we we discussed it in length with a lot of my uh, teachers who are producers and engineers and yeah. stuff. But hmm. it, it's pretty funny though. But they actually did that. Uh, a little side note: if you watch The Incredible Hulk with, uh, uh, it's The Incredible Hulk. So if you watch that movie, literally they try to stop the Hulk with sonic power. Oh, it's pretty much okay. almost the same principle, but in this case, it's all lower frequencies. So mm-hmm. it's all lower frequencies that you can't really, it's not being projected to you as like a physical thing, but it, it affects your body. So you wouldn't yeah. even know what's happening to you unless you see that dish. Yeah, and I think it's the Dark Knight Returns comic book, doesn't he? That's how he defeats Superman. I think so, he, too, yeah. He overwhelms, he overwhelms his, his super hearing with some kind of sonic disruptor. So Yeah, it was the uh, Edward Norton movie, uh, The Incredible Hulk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, the only last thing I had was I, was I was kind of surprised. It didn't even dawn on me until the third watch that Jesse didn't even try to use 
genesis on God. He didn't like. I guess it's one of those things that just didn't even occur to him. Yeah. To think about it, I I hope he hasn't lost Genesis since dying and coming back, but we haven't seen him use it now. Of course, we've only had this one episode and that we, one we, moment with him and God too. Yeah. And you would think that uh, in Genesis, if you think about it, would be God's voice anyway, in a sense. Yeah, it might not work, but I it, it still would have been interesting to see him try to, and and maybe it was just the, the whole thing of of because he's so convinced not to go against God. Maybe that's why he didn't do it. And so maybe now in the next episode, we, we will see that we'll see him use the voice because now he kind of seems like he's kind of defiant against God. Yeah. A dueling voice is hopefully towards the end, (laughs) (laughs) which would be amazing. (laughs) Uh, So, well, basically so far, I, I, as a whole for the show last week, you and you and I both were really not too happy about it. Messiah's wasn't that great, but I think this made up for it in this case this week. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's still enjoyable. Uh, A friend of ours, Kirk Manley, has been actually been watching it and been catching up. And he goes, oh, my God, the show is amazing. And I said, it gets better. Where are you? And he's like, I'm on episode three. I'm like, oh, you got to catch up, dude. (laughs) Yeah, and we had on on our Patreon call last night, we had one of our other guys is like, oh, I'm watching it. Send us some feedback, people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We'd love to hear from you guys if you're listening and if you're, you know, interested in in providing us what you think. I want to hear what other people think. This is a show I've talked about before. I can't really go to work and talk about this show where I work. Exactly. And so he um, needs more people, people. (laughs) Yeah. I I need some more interaction. I need to know, is everybody enjoying it? Did every, was everybody a little disappointed with, with Messiah's, but this episode more than like, I, I, you know, I'll just be honest. We're, we're not, we're not going, we're still short of time. So we're good. Last week. I I only watched the episode twice. And the second viewing, I was just kind of like, I just got to watch it for the, for the podcast, <laughs> but this week, man, I enjoyed like watching, watching it again. It. Yeah, yeah, all three, all three times, I enjoyed watching it. So I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm really hoping they can keep this this momentum up through the last two. I, I, I really think it's one of those things that I think uh, maybe American TV shows need to start to adopt this pattern of making a decision and saying this is how long the show is going to run, and we know it's going to be this many seasons. And instead of now, don't get me wrong. I love shows that run long. I'm a huge supernatural fan. It's starting its 15th season here in a couple weeks. And, uh, and that's going to be its final season. But I I think there's something about certain creative individuals when they know, okay, the show is only going to be X amount of seasons long. We can, we can craft it in such a way that we're not stymied in our creativity. Mm. And uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that's what we see in these last two episodes. We get to see a great, a great finale and that it uh, whether it sets it up for more things to come or not that's okay yeah we'll see you know like it, yeah. like we said we you have two more episodes i'm hoping they're long and i hope they're great yep so with that uh comic talk this week uh i only have a, a couple of things one pretty much will point out more towards uh dc primetime what they'll probably talk about soon on the next level podcast network Apparently, Tom Welling is full in gear for Infinite Crisis, which is Crisis on Infinite Earths for the CW, for the Flash, uh, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and all that. So it's nice to see uh, Smallville 
come back into play into the that's CW. huge man yeah i had not heard that that's huge if he comes back to play superman in well they're saying these... clark kent but i'm okay. i have a funny feeling they'll bring him back as a superman and as far as we know brandon routh is playing a form of superman uh i believe i forget the type of superman it was it might be from kingdom come and that is like the ultimate like as if superman was like a god or something but a lot older and then we have uh, he he's been on uh, on the Flash and on Supergirl too as Superman, so he's another oh. one as well. Okay, I didn't realize that they that those CW shows had already established a Superman. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's weird. Why would they bring Tom Welling back then? They've already got somebody who they've established. Multiple universes. Uh, multiple. Oh, that's right. Because it's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. Yeah. They're doing the Infinite Infinite Earths Crisis thing. They could bring in multiple Supermans. I didn't even think about that. You're right. Okay. Yeah, and they're doing John Wesley Ship as the other Flash now. A different Flash, mm-hmm. which we've already seen last season. So there's multiple. Yeah, I haven't watched any different. of those shows. <laughs> it's amazing. I I enjoy it. it. Even if you just binge watch them all, or just do one season at a time. I'm more of a big, huge Flash fan. I watch Supergirl on occasion. I love Legends. I'm not a an Arrow fan at all. Uh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I give it a shot, but there's only so many times I could watch Stephen Amell without a shirt on. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not into guys. So, yeah. but <laughs> the only other bit of news that I could say is uh, there's a new Spider-Man comic coming out, and this take on the Spider-Man lore or world is pretty cool because peter parker is older mary jane is pregnant has a child they call him ben parker Hmm. and i guess within the first issue it shows a flashback of spider-man with mary jane and he has an ultimate villain that he deals with and he decides to retire as spider-man but we fast forward ahead many years later like 12 or 13 years later and young Ben is starting to encounter that, oh, my hand is sticking to the door to, to the doorknob or something. Or I'm stuck on the ceiling or something. And mm-hmm. Aunt May winds up telling him to go up into the attic and look for a, a suitcase or something. And he finds an old tattered Spider-Man costume that his father wore. And then she begins to tell him that, yeah, your father was Spider-Man and you have these traits. You are... You have the same things that your father does. And Hmm. this story continues on where Spider-Man now is Peter Parker's son, who is Ben Parker, named after Uncle Ben. And he becomes Spider-Man, and it's his journey. So I Hmm. I think that's something cool to pick up if anybody out there is a huge Spider-Man fan or something. I'm probably going to wait until the trades come out because I I really don't want to go from issue to issue, but... Uh, when I heard that, I was like, wow, this is a good take, and I'm hoping it takes off. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any suggestions? Uh, not this week. I know a couple of our, our podcasts we've been recommending took some took ahead to take some time off, uh, do some, some things, personal issues and things. So, uh, I do, I do want to recommend, again... Um, yeah, just anything on our Next Level Podcast Network. Ben Beck has started a new podcast that uh, is about scary movies. If you like scary movies, check that out. I think it's called Still Afraid of the Dark. Yep. And uh, so check that out on the uh, Next Level Podcast Network. And, of course, the Podcasting Network is still doing all of their – well, a couple of their shows. And I, um, 
So, yeah, anything on Podcastica, anything on Next Level, check it out. Yeah, and if you want, talk through media as well. (laughs) You guys will be having more podcasts starting up here pretty soon. Uh, Definitely pretty soon. Uh, I think Brian's working up on the idea of putting out something for Picardcast soon. And and I think uh, Discovery as well, just to get something in... uh, Something rolling right now. We're currently in fear of the walking dead mode and we have probably have about a couple of weeks in between now from fear till the walking dead. So yeah, but yeah, two episodes, two episodes left of fear and then go right into walking dead prime. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. You can hear us on Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, or whatever podcast player of choice that you use. And if those, if that podcast player has a way to give us a rating or review, please give us a five-star rating and uh, up our, our ratings there and so people can see us and make us more visible. We always appreciate that. You can check out our website at www.panels2pixelspodcast.com. That's a lot of peas um, <laughs> in there. And, uh, of course, you can always submit your feedback via email. But we love to get feedback on our Facebook group. We have a lot of views, a lot of uh, views on our Facebook page. And uh, we're not getting a lot of comments, but uh, we'd love to see. I love to see my notifications come up and tell me that I have that we had two new views or five new views or whatever this week on Panels to Pixels. I always appreciate that. So drop us a line. Go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash panels to pixels and just give us a comment. Tell us what you're thinking, what you're watching, what you think we should do next. And uh, you can also email us at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. That's panels to pixels one. The TO is spelled out right there in the middle, the number one at gmail.com. Or you can call us and leave a voicemail at 845-350-2095. Again, that number is 845-350-2095. And if you want to hear us in any other format, like uh, Steve and I were just discussing about, I am a co-host on The Walking Dead Talk Through with Brian Malosh and Kyle McAdams on Talk Through Media. Yes, everyone, Brian, Kyle, Ruthie, and I have created a new podcast network. This show will stay on the Next Level Podcast Network radio, but there will be a link for Talk Through Media for others to listen to as well. Usually I post them in Facebook. Listen to us at talkthroughmedia.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're currently working on a lot of things, so keep in touch here or... Go to talkthroughmedia.com website or even just message us individually. You know, the Facebook Messenger works regardless through Panels to Pixels podcast on Facebook. So you could actually just message us directly through there, like Instant Messenger or something. So if you feel you want to send us a message, do so. And obviously you could hear Steve here (laughs) on Panels to Pixels podcast, but he loves to submit some feedback to various other podcasts. And I always look forward to listening and hearing Steve's voice in other formats and other podcasts because it's always fun to hear a familiar voice. You never know when I'm going to pop up. I will try to, the next time I, I submit a voicemail into, I will let you guys know. Oh, definitely. Anytime I know a voicemail is going to pop up on, uh, the Walking Dead talk through or Fear the Walking Dead talk through. I know the first one it's going to get pecked is Steve. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're out there. Just check us out. So, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Mark and I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Everybody, good night. Good night. Good night.